Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and we are continuing our series on the Ten Commandments. Last week, Phil Allen joined us and we kind of introduced what we're going to be talking about, introduced the commandments themselves, and now we're ready to jump into commandment number one. And joining us is Pastor Alan Nelson, the pastor of the Perryville Second Baptist Church in Perryville, Arkansas, which is just a great Southern Baptist name for a church. Uh, so, Pastor Allen, welcome back. Yes, sir. It's good to, good to be back, Kevin. Thanks for having me on again. The last time you were on, uh, we talked about your book, From Death to Life, How Salvation Works, and uh, I understand you're actually uh, close to finishing a second book. Yes, sir. We uh, Actually, I was working on the editing process today, so really, really nice reprieve here to be able to take a break from that <laughs> and talk with you, but... Lord willing, that will be coming out in early part of 2019. And that's a that's a book on worship, right? Uh, it, it's actually on the holiness. holiness. Of God. Okay, yes. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's called Before the Throne: Meditations on God's Holiness. So. Awesome. So you have to come back when that when that releases and, and talk about that book with us. Yes, I would I would love that as well. Of course, in the meantime, we can check out your writings at the Things Above blog. And uh, also the uh, Rural Church Podcast. How, how's your podcast going? Well, it's, we, I don't think we've podcasted since October. Okay, I didn't think so. Just been, yeah, it's kind of, it's been on some hiatus right now. But I really enjoy writing at thingsabove.us. Uh, some great brothers over there, and we, we've had a good time. So that project is still rolling really well. And you wrote, you wrote just recently a, a really good blog about... Uh, the idea of, of the importance of the local gathering of our corporate worship. And that was, of course, in response yeah. to, uh, to J.D. Greer, which by the time this airs, uh, that'll have already been a couple of months behind us, but it's still worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure by yeah, the... Every, the way things move nowadays, in a couple of months, everybody will have forgotten about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you'll have written, written uh, greater articles, not greater articles, more articles and... Uh, uh, Anyway, so the Things Above blog, we'll have a link to that uh, on our website as well. So uh, we are talking about the first commandment. So we're in Exodus chapter 20, and I'm just going to read verses 1 through 3 to kick us off here. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. So right at the very beginning of this, and we looked at last week, looked at kind of chapter 19 and the kind of prologue before this, and God is setting the stage here where we see God's holiness displayed. We see the seriousness of the situation, kind of entering into a a covenantal relationship where we have the threatenings of Sinai. We see the clouds. We see, we hear the thunder. We see the lightning. We're told you need to pray. You need to fast. You need to cleanse yourselves. Because what's about to happen here is a pretty serious thing. And the very first thing God declares is, you will have no other gods before me. So, so Pastor Allen, talk to us a little bit about what, what that entails. What does that mean? And how does that, that shake you? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think that to, first of all, to 21st century hearers, uh, particularly, we'll, we'll just talk about believers. Sure. Um, you know, but uh, so for 21st century believers, that almost seems like that's an irrelevant command. Yeah. Right. 
in, in the sense that, of course, there's not going to be any gods before you. We know that you are the only true God, and so there's no temptation in our lives, so we think, to put any other sort of God before you because we know that you are the one God. So, so, in a, so it does affirm monotheism. But I think in our 21st century years, maybe we think that's all that it affirms. Really. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God is one. He's the only God. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. that it, first up, in our first, cent, our first century, good night, uh, long before the first century AD, uh, <laughs> this would have had a greater meaning as idolatry, and that's what we're talking about here, idolatry, was the norm. It's what everybody did. In fact, that's what Israel is going to be fighting and struggling with throughout the Old Testament. It was something that's just so easy to fall into, um, especially in a uh, non-modern, non-scientific community or setting. It's easy. You look at the, the pantheon of gods in the Greek and Roman systems, which is, of course, we're, we're, talk, we're predating even that. And you can see they just had a god for everything. It was just easy to explain the unexplainable by some sort of false deity. But here, um, God is separating his people. It's not just a matter of, okay, I'm out of all these gods, pick me because I'm the best. But mm -hmm. I'm separating people saying all these other gods are false. They're fake. They're uh, non-existent, which was a huge statement for them. Right. Right, and I think, yeah, excellent. I think, and I think that the the fundamental part of Exodus twenty, and also restating Deuteronomy five, right. is a matter of worship. Yes, uh, this this first commandment has to do with a matter of worship. In fact, I'll just read quickly from the Baptist Catechism, and it says, "What is required in the first commandment?" And the answer is, the first commandment requires us to know and acknowledge God to be the only true God mm. and our God and to worship and glorify him accordingly. So the first commandment sets the stage for how God ought to be worshipped. If yeah. he is the only true God, and of course we are affirming that he is, he should be worshipped, therefore, accordingly. Yeah, and you think about in a culture of, of polytheism, Think about all of the worship that was dedicated to all these different gods and all of their, the, the attributes uh, and, and, and traits and accomplishments attributed to uh, these different gods. And now we're being told all of that worship belongs, all of it belongs to just one deity, the only true deity. And I, and I think for someone listening to that, that's going to be a, a huge statement. That's a, that's a lot of worship due to one personality. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Really, really, maybe we can say that there's sort of two commands here in, in the first commandment. In, in the sense, what I'm saying is you can't, so the negative is you can't worship other gods. Yeah. That's, the, that's the way to say it in the negative. You cannot worship other gods. And then the positive way to say it is you have to worship the one true God rightly. Right. So both of those, both of those are entailed. And as you have already mentioned, idolatry is, uh, and of course it's going to be talked about more in, in the second commandment as well, but, but the idea of worship, where I want to come at it as, is the idea of worship. We is ascribing works, I know that's kind of a cliche way to say it, but we, our hearts are always willing to worship other things. 
but we're always willing, as you have already stated, to put, put to put something else in the place of in place of God. Right. And well, again, we'll talk about this next week in, in, in commandment number two. But worship does matter. Uh, how you worship is not just a matter of personal taste or personal preference, but because there is only one God and He's calling you to Himself. Therefore, how you worship that God matters. It has to matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thinking about him rightly, um, if, if I'll share another quick quote from Al Mohler. Um, sure. Actually, I, I've quoted this in my book, and so it would be a good quote to share as well. But uh, Mohler says that the God of modern theology is finite in so many ways. He's not omnipotent. He's just more powerful than we are. He's not omniscient. He just knows everything that currently may be known, more knowledge than we have. By stark contrast, the infinite God of the Bible is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, self-existent, self-revealing, self-defining, sovereign, and holy. Mm-hmm. Indeed, the list truly is, is itself infinite. So yeah. this first commandment, that, I mean, there's a reason that this commandment is first. There's a reason right. that honor your father and mother isn't first. There's a reason that, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery isn't first. These are all, we're not, we're not saying that the, the, the one commandment is less important, so to speak, although in a way we are by saying this commandment sets the stage for all the others. Yeah, and the you rest of the commandments yeah. flow from this. Yes, sir. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And, and that's a good, a good way to say it, I think, because you don't, we're not saying, you know, you just need to be nice for moral reasons. Right. so to speak, but this flows out of the reality right. of this infinite, sovereign, and holy God. Yeah, we talked last week in our introduction about the fact that these commandments are not merely arbitrary. They're not just God picking mm. things like, eh, why don't we just, uh, you know what, let's forget about adultery. Let's don't do that. Mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. all of these reveal to us the character and nature of God. And therefore, to mm-hmm. start off, that's, mm-hmm. that, therefore, yeah, we got to start off with Let's first establish the fact that I'm the only God there is, and you need to worship me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and if, if, if this first commandment is ignored, uh, it doesn't just affect a part of our life. It, it affects everything. That's right. why when unbelievers ignore this, or, and they do ignore it, when unbelievers ignore this commandment, their whole outlook on life is skewed. Everything yeah. about the way they think and see and understand the world the world is completely distorted right yeah and so uh in our moving up to the 21st century here this commandment is no less meaningful and no less impactful because while we don't live in a polytheistic society necessarily we do live in a, in a quote-unquote tolerant society we, we, we want to accept everything on the same level as everything else. And so it's okay to be a Christian. It's okay to worship God, the God of the Bible, as long as you're not going to look down your nose at the Muslim across the street or uh, the, the person practicing Hinduism or Judaism or whatever. They're all kind of on the same level. And so how does this commandment speak to that mentality? Yeah, that's that's good. Um, so, if, if you know, first of all, I'm sure y'all, y'all talked about it last week. I, it's not out yet, so I haven't had a chance <laughs> to to hear it. But yes, these these commands are still applicable 
for the for the Christian life. They still reveal the the we're not under the commands in the sense that we have to keep them in order to merit uh, righteousness because we can't and we rest in Christ. But these do show us how our lives may. This is the third use of the law. How our lives may yeah. please the Lord. And so, exactly right what you said. It's not it's not loving to our neighbors, to our unbelieving neighbors, to allow them to allow for these other gods, so to speak, to exist. To right. say, well, you know, I just don't want to ruin your day or whatever, so it's okay if you worship Allah or the Hindu gods or even even Jehovah's Witnesses and their false understanding of God and Mormons. It's not loving to them to allow these categories to even exist because there is only one God, and he has revealed himself to us in his word, and that's the God that we worship. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely not loving to let people follow a lie or to follow something that's mm. not true that will lead them to eternal condemnation. That's, that's like the definition of unloving. Uh, mm. I, I need to speak up. And so I think this commandment still is just as controversial and just as impactful as it was uh, when, when Moses walked down from the mount. Uh, this mm. society needs it just as much as, as any other, for sure. And I would say, too, that one area that this finds itself, so, so what you've already spoken about is, is certainly prevalent, but also this finds its way in, 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 in the church. So you, I know, have probably interacted with people, as have I, that say something like, you know, Kevin, or you know, Alan, I just like to think of God like God. God. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> And then they ramble on, and, you know, I like to think of God. He's just kind of like a grandfather in the sky, and right. he just wants us to have a, a wonderful life or whatever. Well, that sort of mentality is exactly mm. what the first commandment is addressing. It, right. It's not okay to have any view of God we want. We can't just take this parts of the Bible and then construct a view of God that uh, it's kind of a blend, you know. Right. It, it has to be, it, it's all or nothing. And that's what really, uh, getting into our, our second section here about Scripture, that's what Romans 1 directly uh, mm. confronts, that whole idea of we want to make God after our own image. Now, we're mm. not necessarily making a, a carving out of wood or metal or something and, and bowing down to it, but I think exactly what you just said is such a problem in the church today by well-meaning Christians who just kind of make a God out of what they consider to be the most desirable or best human attributes that they can think of. So someone who's loving and someone who's forgiving and someone who's gracious. That's my concept of God. But in reality, I'm forcing uh, my thoughts and my views upon a deity that I'm, I'm constructing with my own mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. So, for example, uh, in 2018, I had to read. I didn't have to, but I chose to read a book by Rachel Held Evans. Hmm. Um, I forget. I think it's called Inspired, and uh, where she just tries to dismantle scripture. And a lot of her problem is exactly what you just said. Her ideas of morality she takes and then places them over the scripture and picks and chooses what is right and wrong based on her preconceived notions of morality. But what you're saying, and, and as we talk about the scriptures, 
and, and what is right is that we have to begin with the Bible. Yeah. And we have to begin that God knows more about God than we know. And right. God has revealed himself to us in the scriptures so that we can have this proper understanding of who he is. And if there's ever, because, and this should happen, Kevin, and you push back on this if you want, but this should happen. When you, when you read the Bible, there should be some time, sometimes that you are thinking uh, that, that God, the way that God does things, pushes against the way that you think they ought to be. Oh, absolutely. That should yeah. be happening. Yeah. And then you, you surrender the way that you think. You say, nope, you know what? God's right <laughs> because he is God. Right. There are several issues I have with Scripture. <laughs> uh, there, there are several things where I read this, and this is contrary to what I think should be right. But I have to remind myself mm-hmm. that I am a depraved being. Um, ever mm-hmm. since the fall, man, my mind has been warped by sin. And I have, to, I have to remind myself that what I consider to be normal is not. You know, it's interesting. You know, I, I've adopted four children. And getting into the foster care system, the whole adoption process, it's fascinating uh, because the, the overall perception is that, wow, these kids should be really thankful to me because I've rescued them from a bad situation. But in reality, these kids are not thinking about rescuing. They're thinking about kidnapping. They're thinking, I have taken them from everything they consider to be normal and put them into mm-hmm. a new atmosphere. And that's where we as as fallen creatures are what we consider to be normal is not right and so when there are there are times where i look at this and i say i can't believe uh and I, when i say this i'm actually pointing to my bible which no one can see because we're on radio but <laughs> I, you know i'm reading through the pages of scripture and there are times where i do struggle and i think how could god do wait a minute i'm wrong not him mm-hmm. i have to submit my will to his so i a hundred percent agree with that evaluation I think that should be the case uh, because I'm a fallen creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that might be one way to, to know whether or not you're reading the Bible rightly. Yeah. If you read the Bible and God is always agreeing with you, <laughs> then per, perhaps uh, you have invented uh, a God in your own mind. And, and, and again, I think that's, that's a major problem with breaking this first commandment. Right. Nobody's tempted uh, in the church church today to worship Buddha. You know, if I've set yeah. Buddha out or whatever, no one's tempted. But what we are tempted to do is uh, construe in our mind a view of God that is far removed from right. the biblical portrait of who God really is. Yeah, so when we're confronted with God, the God of the scriptures, we have to align our thoughts with his thoughts as opposed to mm-hmm. twisting scripture or trying to make my thoughts uh, parallel or, or even superior to what we read in, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we look... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm telling you to go ahead. You're the guest, and so I'm going to let oh, you speak here. Okay. Well, I was just going to kind of say, you know, that Jesus, uh, for example, there's several times, but one time he, in the, before the parable of the good Samaritan, the lawyer... You know, stands up and says, "What shall I do to inherit eternal life?" Jesus answers that with a question. Well, what's in the law? How do you read it? And he says, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself." And he said to him, "You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live." And so, this concept of loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind—obviously, that's from the Shema from Deuteronomy six. 
right. uh, for and, and following. But the, uh, the, the notion there is the first commandment presents to us a God who is supremely lovable mm. and, and, and worthy. And our great sin is not that we just don't force ourselves to love this God or whatever. It's not like, oh, I know I should be eating broccoli uh, because I, 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 it's good for me, but I don't really love it. But, but God is supremely lovable. God is worthy of our adoration. Yeah. He, is, he is not just somebody that we have to love, but that we ought to love right. and ought to adore because of who he is. Yeah. And so I don't want to leave this topic without uh, a theological note in that mm-hmm. as Christians, we don't view— uh, my pastor used to say this, and I love this, uh, this concept— we don't view, we don't read the Old Testament as Jews. We read the Old Testament through the eyes of the New Testament. And so when we're talking about God, we are talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Kevin DeYoung said in, in, in his book here, if you don't know God in Christ, then you don't really know God. And so, uh, you know, John fourteen six, the only way to the Father is through Christ. And you know, Second mm-hmm. Timothy 2, 4, the only, uh, we have a mediator in that, that is the man, Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And so we don't uh, want to just l- make a distinction here where there shouldn't be. Uh, we are absolutely mm-hmm. b- believe in obedience to Christ as God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point, too. You know, and let me just add this, this idea. If I, if I say, you know, Kevin, how are you doing with loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Uh, you would say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not meeting up to that. Because the reality is only only Christ has done this, right. and we rest in Him. And as you mentioned, Christ is our mediator, and so we have we we, we will not perfectly fulfill the first commandment. Jesus has done that for us, yeah. and so we rest there. And then, as a result of that, and as a result of regeneration, and a result of a new heart, we do actually love God. Um, right. That's the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. Uh, the difference is not one loves God as much as he should, and the other doesn't love him as much as he should. The difference is one loves God, and the other hates God. Right. And so we should pursue uh, a life of continuing to grow in our love. And this is, why, this is why we write books about God, and why we sing songs about God, and why yeah. we give ourselves over to the study and meditation of Scripture. We want to know so much more about this great and glorious God. Yeah, we know God through Christ, and the only way we have relationship with God is because of Christ. And again, the only way we can keep this commandment is the fact that Christ has done this for us, and that we enter into uh, being one with Christ. And then uh, as Christ begins to change us at salvation, as we begin that sanctifying process, we begin to deepen and grow in our love of God because of the work Mm -hmm. of Christ. Amen. Well, let's talk about some, some dangers to avoid. We're talking about, okay, serve only God. There is, is only one God. You'll have no other gods before me. But as you said, no one really in our church context uh, are, are really tempted to go carve an idol out of wood and stick it in the backyard. And we're not really, uh, you know, there should, could be some exceptions. But for the most part, if you're, if you're walking into the doors of a Christian church, you accept the idea of Jesus, uh, you're not there to worship Buddha, you're not there to venerate Mary, 
uh, at least in our in our churches that the mm-hmm, people would be listening mm-hmm. to this podcast from. Uh, but as, as Calvin said, our nature uh, is a perpetual factory of idols. There are always things mm-hmm. that we want to worship, not bow down to necessarily, but worship instead of Christ or or put in the place of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that worship is easy to talk about in the sense, really, what is it that your heart loves to think about? Yeah. When, 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 when you're driving down the road or when you have time to yourself, what is it that your mind and your heart continually go to? Right. Now, it is okay to think about, you know, things, hunting and football. And it, it's okay. Depends to on what team, but things. okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's okay, but the problem is when when that is all, when that consumes us, and our hearts and our minds are only worried about our family, and it's only thinking about the the next big game, it's only thinking about that hunting spot, or it's yeah. only thinking about money, or that in essence, what we are doing is worshiping those things. As you mm-hmm. mentioned, the Calvin quote that that's our heart being an idol factory. Yeah, there's a lot of things we put. Uh, J.I. Packer in his little book on uh, keeping the Ten Commandments. He, he gives this uh, little triad of different things that we can, if we're not careful, exalt too highly in our lives. And they're all alliterated, so as a Baptist, we like that. Uh, he says, yeah. sex, shekels, and stomach. Pleasure, possessions, position. Or football, the firm, and the family. Those are all things that, to some degree, uh, we need to think about. You need to think about your family. You need to think about money, even sex, mm-hmm. food, all those things are at to some degree important but when we elevate that and we overemphasize that they become obsessions and that's our heart's desire that's our that's our greatest uh, need it seems mm-hmm. i think it was probably paul washer but it might have been Stephen lawson i think it's paul washer said unfortunately most professing christians if you locked them in a room and said you need to spend five minutes thinking about jesus they couldn't do it hmm. Um, and and that's uh, that's a sad indictment because God's glory, His goodness, His holiness, His sovereignty, His salvation through Christ, these things should fill our regular thought patterns, our meditation patterns. We should be thinking about God. Uh, yeah. And as you said, unfortunately, uh, and the J.I. Packer alliteration notes that's excellent. Those things are constantly battling to crowd out uh, right. God in our lives. So in terms of application, I, I like what Kevin DeYoung writes in, in his chapter on this. Uh, he, he asks three questions that can kind of let you know if, if you're elevating these things to an idolatrous level, if you're forgetting about guys. Is Number one, who do you praise? Who is it that you're lauding? Who is it that you're talking about the most? And number two, who do you count on when, when in times of trouble? Who is it that you turn to? Is it friends, family? Is there a there a, a a guy who's acting as your savior or whatever? And then finally, after all that's done, who is it that you're thanking? Who is it that I think those are some pretty good indications of? Am I focusing on God enough? Am I thinking when I'm in trouble? Am I thinking to okay? I've got, I've got to seek God after this. When the decision comes up, is that who I'm turning to first? Am I talking about the lord to other people you know it's easy it's easy for me to talk about the you know the packers game or uh some award i just won or something important in my life 
uh, am I, am I, does, does my relationship with God, do other people see that through what I talk about? And then, you know, when I am thankful for whatever situation, do, do I turn to the Lord first? And I think those three things serve as a pretty good indication of, am I keeping the first commandment? Are there other gods I need to get rid of? And am I focused on the one true God, giving him his worth and his due? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that uh, as we've already alluded to, but we should add to that. If 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 you examine your life, examine your heart, and you find yes, yes, there are still these things. You know, what do you do with that? Don't grit your teeth and try harder, so to speak. Yeah. Take them to Christ. Right. Repent. Repent of those things. Confess them to the Lord, and then seek by His means of grace, prayer, scripture reading, gathering with the church, to cultivate that greater desire. Uh, and, and affections for God. Yeah. I think there, there, there's not a Christian listening to this podcast who couldn't say, you know what, I need to spend more time cultivating that relationship with God and, and, and focusing my life more on Him. That's right. Yes, that's, that's true. You know, and we're recording this on, on January 2nd. I know it'll come out a few, few months or weeks down the road, but yeah, that's a good thought that we give. Um, no, at no beginning of any year can anyone say, well, you know what, I know enough about God on to right. something else. So. All right, so our final section here, recommended resources. Uh, are there any resource, any books or articles that you would recommend uh, on this topic? They dig a little deeper. Yeah, sure. I'll mention, uh, I, I read the, uh, the Mueller quote, and uh, that came from his book, Words from the Fire, Hearing the Voice of God in the Ten Commandments. So that's put out by Moody, I believe. So uh, Dr. Mueller's that on that. Uh, you know, then just a classic, I guess, um, The Holiness of God yeah. by R.C. Sproul. And although it's not, quote-unquote, dealing with the First Commandment, I think it's helpful. Uh, and then and then for the rest of the, the episodes, you know, the, the Baptist Catechism uh, is yes. helpful. To, uh, to, to think about, you know, what are these commandments requiring of us? And so that's just a good little thing that people can read and, and even discuss with their family. You know, Brother Allen, you have put me to great shame. I forgot about that Moeller book. <laughs> I, and and I, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting myself almost here. Think, why haven't I cracked that book? I have that book. I have it at home. And I, for some reason, as I'm, I'm going through the study, I, I didn't. All right, well, you know, I've got a couple more episodes left. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that out <laughs> um, and get that out. But I also want to recommend, uh, and I recommended this last week, and I'll, and I'll do it throughout this series, but The Ten Commandments by Kevin DeYoung just came out the last half of 2018. Really good book. And if you're looking to deepen your relationship with God and your knowledge of God, I can't emphasize enough, can't recommend it enough, uh, Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Really yeah, is, a, yeah. I think, a good help with that, uh, and the whole idea of worshiping God alone. Uh, the reason for God by Tim Keller has been a helpful resource. I know it's not everyone's favorite uh, apologetic book, uh, but I would recommend that as well. So, uh, Pastor Allen, thanks a lot for for coming on the podcast and for for taking the time for us. Thank you, Kevin, and, and God bless, brother. And again, we want to recommend the the things above blog. Uh, where you can uh, read more from Pastor Allen and, of course, the book From Death to Life, How Salvation Works. You can go back even in our archives, and uh, we did two episodes on that. 
uh, I think it was two episodes because we had some technical difficulty, but um, still uh, a, a great book to read. So I highly recommend that. And we'll talk about his next book, Before the Throne, a book on holiness uh, when that comes out. So thank you all of you for listening. We'll have all of those resources available, links to all those at our website, www.basicbiblepodcast.org. Check us out on Twitter at Basic Biblecast, also on Instagram, the same handle. So until next week, next week we'll be talking about, of course, the second commandment, and we'll be uh, talking with Sean Christensen, a missionary in Haiti, actually. And uh, First, I just got, got to know a little bit in the past couple months, and so be looking for that next time. So until then, have a great rest of your week. Yeah.